Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm excited that you're joining with us on this great radio station. Now you have this to look forward to in today's message on Hope for the Day. And so the question that we got to ask is, this Christmas, am I letting my heart shrivel up like Herod's, or is my heart growing larger like Christ's? Am I making room for the things that God is going to call me to in life? And the heart is so important as it relates to the Christian faith. Now, I don't have time to adequately define what the Bible defines as the heart, but just just take it as this. It's the essence of your being. It's what you're thinking. It's what you're feeling. And the Bible says says to us that we need to, above all else, guard our hearts, for it is the wellspring of life. One of the most popular Christmas movies every year is The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. It is an unfortunate story of a Grinch whose heart was just too small for the Christmas spirit. Have you ever felt like due to the stress, anxiety, and burdens of Christmas that your heart is too small for the Christmas spirit as well? Well, in this message, we will focus in on the first Grinch, King Herod, who tried to take Jesus' life because his heart was much too small to receive this precious gift that God had for him. As we get more familiar with this disturbed king's heart, we will be able to see where our own heart gets a little too disturbed at Christmas. And then we will be able to make room for what Christmas is really all about, Jesus. So I hope you enjoy today's message. We're going to be doing a, a starting a, Chris, a sermon series that's entitled Christmas Classics. And, and really over the, just the next few weeks, we're going to be focusing in on a few different movies. And today, we're honing in on The Grinch. So, so The Grinch has a major issue with Christmas. He has a major issue with the Who's. And if you reference back to the Christmas um, Grinch poem that he referenced right at the beginning, you see what the problem is. The problem is, is that his heart is two sizes too small. There isn't any room in his heart for Christmas. There isn't any room in his heart for care and concern and love for others. And every Christmas, it seems like we have a Grinch that we're dealing with. And literally, I think every Christmas, Hollywood comes out with a new Grinch. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, they just keep redoing this movie. It's been done more times than I can count. But the Grinch movie, and then even the Grinches that we deal with are seemingly always around us every Christmas. And that was also true the first Christmas in which there was the original Grinch. And that Grinch's name was King Herod. And King Herod was a man who wanted to stop Christmas. He wanted to keep Jesus from growing older. And as we're going to read, one of the things that he did was he actually went forward and he took dozens of children's lives who were around the age of Jesus in hopes that he would in hopes that he would stop Jesus from growing older. And what you see there is that Herod wanted to use death to stop Christmas, but then what we're going to find is that God is going to use Christmas to stop death, the sting of death. The, the victory that death held over us is held no more, that because of a faith in Jesus Christ, that you can not, no longer do you have to be concerned about death, but because of Christmas, Jesus has taken that sting away and we can have a hope. But as it relates to the story, Herod is trying to stop Christmas. You might even say his heart was a little bit too small. And so the question that we got to ask is, this Christmas, am I letting my heart shrivel up like Herod's, or is my heart growing larger like Christ's? 
Am I making room for the things that God is going to call me to in life? And the heart is so important as it relates to the Christian faith. Now, I don't have time to adequately define what the Bible defines as the heart, but just just take it as this. It's the essence of your being. It's what you're thinking. It's what you're feeling. And the Bible says says to us that we need to, above all else, guard our hearts, for it is the wellspring of life. That above all else, you need to guard your heart, you need to guard your being. If you're going to be the person that God is calling you to be, that your heart has to be tended to. But if our heart's too small, then we won't be the people that God is calling us to be. Now what we're going to do is we're going to look into the life of Herod. And as we look into the life of Herod, we're given five snapshots of his life. And as we look at those snapshots, we're going to see in some cases how we can enlarge our own hearts, and we're going to recognize how his heart was indeed incredibly small. The text picks up in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem and in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. So, The wise men have come to Jerusalem to find Jesus. I mean, it makes sense. It's seemingly the capital of this region. There is a a palace there. It makes sense to go there, that this would be where the king would be born. And so they go. And what's thought is the reason that they are able to go, the reason that they know to go, is because of prophecy. And what's thought is that it's been Daniel's prophecy, Daniel from the Old Testament. He was in Babylon. That is where these wise men, these magi men, have come from, that he passed along prophecy that one day a star would appear that would point them towards the promised king, the promised Messiah. And so when the star appears, they set out, and they come to Herod, and they tell him about Jesus. And what happened? Well, he was very disturbed. And the first snapshot that we see of Herod is that of a disturbed king. And all, and all of Jerusalem with them. It's sort of like if, uh, if King, uh, is it Kim Jong-un, Kim Jong-il, the North Korean guy <laughs> who is leading there right now. If he's upset, everyone's going to be upset with him. If he's disturbed, everyone else is disturbed too because they know that heads are literally going to be rolling. Now, King Herod, he had a lot of potential. We have to remember that he was once a person who was an innocent baby. He was an enthusiastic teenager. He was a promising politician. But somewhere along the lines, he turned a corner. And he started heading down a a very, very um, destructive path. He would develop Jerusalem very innovatively, in fact. He would give to the poor. And so there were still some good things that he did. But ultimately, he was a bad, bad man. William Barclay described him this way, the biblical historian. Herod was almost insanely suspicious. Was insanely suspicious. He was so paranoid and so protective of his position that after he took the throne, he put to death the entire Jewish Sanhedrin, 70 of the most influential religious leaders in Jerusalem. During the course of his bloody reign, he killed his two oldest sons, one of his wives, and all of their close, all of her close relatives. Caesar Augustus said this of of, uh, King Herod, that it would be better to be a swine than to be a son. He was was part Jewish, and so he didn't eat pork. And so Augustus Caesar is having fun with that. But he hears about Jesus, this one who's going to threaten his throne, this king of the Jews, and he's disturbed by that. There should always, 
always be something whenever you come to church, whenever you hear about Jesus that gets disturbed within you. The only reason that that wouldn't happen, in, in certain cases it could be just because whatever is being said is just said so poorly it doesn't do anything for you, or we don't come with the open heart. But God, should, God is always wanting to disturb us, sometimes significantly, sometimes partially, but he always wants to disturb us because there's this part of all of us that just keeps wanting to establish our own kingdoms. And Herod is threatened by that. Often we can be threatened by that as well. We can be threatened by that. Maybe the pleasure seekers amongst us who want to establish a kingdom of fulfilling our pleasures. But Jesus said, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. Maybe it's the person who wants to establish a kingdom through possessions. And Jesus says, don't lay up for your treasure. Don't lay up your treasure on earth. And isn't it amazing that because of Jesus, we can have a treasure to look forward to. Jesus says, store for yourself treasure in heaven, not here on earth. That death would not take you from your treasure. That because of Jesus, death can take you to your treasure. We can be the overly ambitious who set up a kingdom of pride. But Jesus would say, to disturb them, the greatest among you will be servant of all. Those who are arrogant, Jesus said, unless you humble yourself and become a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of heaven. Those who are relativists, who set up a kingdom of pseudo-truth, that, that it may be true for you, but it's not true for me. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. There's just something that ought to always happen when we hear about Jesus that disturbs us, like Herod was disturbed. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. I was talking with a friend of mine about Jesus, and as we were having a discussion about how Jesus had changed my life, something was said. I, I, don't, I still don't know to this day what exactly it was. Something was said at some point that did not sit well with him. It disturbed him. And he cussed at me, stormed out of the conversation. I have no doubt I could have handled the conversation a little better, but I, I seriously doubt that what I said deserved that. But there's just something in us that doesn't want to be disturbed. And so I wrote him a note and I just said, hey, I'm sorry for what I said. And I definitely did not mean to offend you. I just wanted you to hear about this Jesus who has changed my life and he can change your life as well. And Herod heard about this Jesus and it disturbed him. And as we go on in the text, 
we read in John 3. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. In other words, there's a part of us that's always going to resist the light that Jesus is trying to shine into our lives. Coming back to Herod, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born because he didn't know. He didn't know about this prophecy from Daniel. He wasn't a biblical scholar. He wasn't reading the scrolls like he should have been. And they tell him, in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child as soon as you find him. Report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And so Herod is seemingly coming, is seemingly saying he's going to worship Jesus. He, want, he wants to connect with Jesus. He wants to know Jesus, but he needs to know where he is. Now, Herod had no more intention of worshiping Jesus than the Grinch had of really being Santa. The second snapshot we see of him is a deceitful king. He was a king that was deceiving these wise men in the name of Jesus, no less. And there's a, there are people in our world who will want to deceive others in the name of Jesus. They, they, they'll be very aggressive about deceiving you in the name of Jesus. Matthew, Matthew says this. These are Jesus' words. Watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. He's saying that there are going to be people that in my name will deceive you. I mean, that's what Herod was doing, that in the name of Jesus, he was deceiving these men. And now people, sometimes preachers, in my role, they will, they will want to deceive you. They'll say, you know, if he, this is when the world is going to end. And, and you need to do these certain things. They'll say, if you just do this, if you just pray this away, if you give this away, if you do these different things, then, then you will be taken care of. If you just have enough faith, then, you will be, then everything's going to be okay. And in so doing, there's a certain level of deception that does take place with some of them. Now, I'm not really worried about you doing that. I mean, it's maybe possible one person in this entire church could drift into that, but but you know what I'm worried about for us, for me? Are you deceiving people occasionally? Because there's a part of us that, that can do that. There's a, there's a part of us that, that can be a little bit deceptive, a little bit hypocritical. And the truth is that we all need to be a little bit more gracious of each other for those inconsistencies. Because no one is perfect. We are all a work in progress. And so we're very quick to judge, we're very quick to point out those inconsistencies in people, and no doubt they are there. And we need to be gracious. But there's a part of us, though, that we need to deal with this. There's a part of us that needs to be dealt with with this. That we can't uh, just accept the deception that often we present to others. It's sort of like um, the masks that we wear. Uh, one, of our, one of our members of our church, Rod Stuckey, he came to me a few months ago and he said, Phil, people are wearing masks everywhere. And I, I said, I, was, I, said I, I, I know this. Yes, they are. They're wearing all kinds of masks everywhere. They're, they're wearing, like, look at this girl. She, she's got a mask on, a two liter over her head. Very creative what she is doing here. I, I'm confident that, that she is going to be adequately safe if she marches around like that. Then there's this guy. I love this. I mean, that's the way you make a good use of of, a, of an air filter from a car. I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I don't know what this will do, but it's, uh, it's creative. And then there's this person that's incredibly disturbing. Her COVID mask is, a, is one of those alien creatures that's just, again, very, very super creepy. But, but Rod said, no, no, I'm not talking about those masks. I'm talking about the masks that we walk around with in which we're pretending to be somebody that we're not. It's kind of like this mask. No, no, I'm not, you don't want to wear that mask. But you know what I'm saying. It's the mask. It's the person that we see in the mirror. And so we go out and, and we pretend like we're strong when we're really, really weak. We, we want people to think that the marriage is in a great place, but it's just not. We want people to think that, that everything's going okay with the kids, but they're not doing so well. We want people to think that we're really getting by, but right now we're, we're just hanging by a thread. We want everybody to think that our minds are sharp, but the truth is there's some mental illness that's creeping in that's getting the best of us and causing us to think things that we shouldn't be thinking. That's the kind of deception that I'm talking about here. There's a part of all of us that can be a bit deceptive, but the beauty of Jesus is, is that he takes what is weak and he makes it strong, that you don't have to hide those things, that he is bringing a light into these areas to bring them out so that there can be healing, so that there can be fellowship, so that there can be support. And as the text goes on, after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On, the coming, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I mean, this is really the story of Jesus for all of us. That these men, they come to Jesus on one path, but they leave with Jesus on another path. That, that is the story of every Christian. That they are warned not to go back the way they came because the way they came isn't safe. The way they came isn't the route that God wants for them. That God has a different path for them. The path to Jesus is never the path with Jesus. The path to Jesus is never the path from Jesus. He doesn't want you to go back the way you came. He's got something new. He's doing something new in you and through you that you are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And when they met Jesus, he had a different path for them, literally. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. 
And what I love about this is this, is that the deceptive king has now been deceived. The deceived king has now been lied to. They, they, they said they would go back to him, but they don't because they realize what's going on. And a man with the ego of King Herod, which, which was none too small, realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi and he was furious. But that shouldn't really be any surprise that he would be angry and it really shouldn't be any surprise that he would be lied to. Because as the saying goes, what goes around comes around. The Bible says it this way. Do not be deceived. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. In other words, what happens, what, what it is that you are doing often will happen to you. And I don't know if I'm speaking to you, but I know I'm speaking to me. It's like the story of a man named Jacob in the Old Testament. Jacob was a swindler. He was a liar. And he stole his brother's blessing by pretending to be his brother from his father, uh, Isaac, who could not see any longer. And so he took advantage of his, father's, uh, of his father in this, in this elderly season of his life. And as a result of that, great tension would be created with his brother Esau. His brother would want to kill him, in fact. So what goes around comes around. Fast forward several years, and it shouldn't be any surprise that there is a great tension with Jacob's sons. He has a favorite, Joseph. He has another one that's very young, but then there's 10 others who are insanely jealous of Joseph and the blessings that his father is pouring out on him. They're so jealous, in fact, that they sell him into slavery, and then they go back to their father and they lie and say that, his, that, that Joseph was killed by a wild animal. Incredible tension, incredible hatred, incredible sorrow amongst those siblings. The same that was present with Jacob and his brother. You reap what you sow, right? The Bible also says it this way. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. It reminds me of the Marlboro Men. Do any of you remember those old Marlboro Men commercials? A few of you? Yeah, I mean, those guys were just dashing. Just incredible. I mean, who wouldn't want to be like those guys? They look like this. Like, like, I mean, that is just, that's incredible. And with those gifts and those good looks, they use that to encourage you to smoke. But most of them would actually die of emphysema. That while they were trying to get others to smoke, they would then die of smoking. What goes around comes around, unfortunately. Or it's like this man, Scott Peterson. Several years ago, he was convicted of murdering his wife, who was pregnant with their child, through drowning. Currently, he is in a prison, serving a life sentence, and it's my understanding is that his cell has a window, a small window in it, and it's there that he has an image of the bay that he can see in which he drowned his wife. He is continually being reminded of what it is that he did. What goes around comes around. And so what are the areas in your life that are a little off, that are a little out of sync with God, that need to be disturbed right now? Because this is the part where we get disturbed. Because if we don't get it, 
What goes around comes around. And so if you're disrespected to the, I was, I was corrected to seniors, to seniors, to the seniors, <laughs> and to the seniors amongst us, then maybe when you are a senior yourself, you will be disrespected. If you're deceptive with your business, then perhaps you will develop, probably you will develop clients who don't trust you. If you have an impure thought life, then you may end up with a mediocre marriage or even worse. If you have a lukewarmness in your faith, there are all sorts of consequences that can come as a result of that. That if, that if you are not willing to grab a hold of an addiction, do not be surprised if that addiction is gonna get passed on to a child. That if you have struggles, don't be surprised if those things rip, the effects of that just ripple out to others because we reap what we sow. And it's in that there ought to be great motivation for us to get it together and to allow Jesus to disturb what it is that he wants to disturb in our lives. Coming back to Herod, when Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was again furious and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under. Again, this was probably a few dozen at most in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they were no more. They are no more. And what we see here is a very vengeful king. I mean, you can't get much lower than taking a child's life. The book of Matthew says it this way. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for them to... Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. My hope is that the word spoken gave you some encouragement and will help you get through this day. Valley View Christian Church is located in the Denver metropolitan area, just southwest of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. If you live here or are just visiting, we'd love to connect with you. Please come and attend one of our Sunday services at 9 or 10.30 a.m. And when you do, please come and say hi to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. And also remember, the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. We look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.